Hello, my name is Lorraine Brady. I am the Research and Development Specialist at HCI. Today I will be doing a podcast on a report that the R&D department here at HCI recently prepared. The report is a summary of HICWA inspection findings from 17 different designated centres for older people completed during November 2018 to February 2019. Our report highlights the trends in inspection findings, those being compliant and not compliant as detailed by HICWA. Thanks Lorraine. Just before we get into the findings, can you give us a brief background to the inspection report format? Sure. So in January 2018, HICWA implemented the use of the Enhanced Authority Monitoring Approach to the regulation of designated centres. This approach implemented changes to the inspection format, which now reflects the views of the people who use the service, capacity and capability of the registered provider to deliver safe quality service, and the quality and safety of the service. This inspection report format is regulation driven rather than the previous template which presented the findings under outcomes. The findings of the inspections are set out under the four registration regulations as detailed in SI number 61 of 2015 and the 32 regulations as detailed within SI number 415 of 2013. The number of regulations inspected by HICWA in each residential care setting is dependent on the purpose of the inspection. HICWA can carry out a number of different types of inspections. These include monitoring inspections, which are routine inspections which monitor the quality of the service provided at the designated centre and the level of compliance. Targeted or focused risks inspections, and they are used in addition to routine inspections. Targeted inspections are carried out when information has been received, indicating there may be a risk to the residents within the designated centre. The final type is thematic inspections, Thematic inspections are part of a programme which aims to drive quality improvement related to a specific theme in the regulated sector. Examples include dementia and restrictive practices, which I discussed in a previous podcast. When assessing the designated centre against the regulation, the inspectors will use compliance descriptors to determine if the registered provider or the person in charge is found to be compliant, substantially compliant or not compliant. So what do these compliance descriptors mean? Compliant is where the registered provider or the person in charge is in full compliance with the relevant legislation. Substantially compliant means the registered provider or the person in charge has generally met the requirements of the regulation, but some action is required to be fully compliant. Not compliant is a judgment whereby the registered provider or the person in charge has not complied with the regulation and that considerable action is required to come into compliance. When a judgment of not compliant is given, inspectors will review the risk to residents and rate it accordingly. Red being high, orange being moderate, yellow is low risk and green is no risk. So Lorraine, what were the key areas of concern noted in HCI's review? As mentioned previously, we took 17 inspection reports for designated centres for older people from the timeframe of November 2018 to February 2019. It should be noted that not all 17 services reviewed were inspected against each regulation. From our review, the most concerning areas found were Regulation 21 records and Regulation 28 fire precautions. These regulations carried a not compliant judgment in 75% of the services inspected, with some services being rated as high risk. So what issues were identified under Regulation 28 fire precautions? Well. In one centre, there was a strong smell of gas coming from the cooker in the kitchen. 
The service records showed the last review date for this appliance was November 2016 and there was no evidence of a review done since this date. This was highlighted as an urgent action. Other issues identified included fire drills not being completed at suitable intervals, deficiencies to some fire doors, the extent and size of compartments for evacuation were not clear, gates located on the external emergency routes were locked, and personal emergency evacuation plans did not contain sufficient detail regarding the residents' supervision needs post their emergency evacuation. And what issues did inspections identify under Regulation 21 records? Under Regulation 21, some of the major issues identified included records not being stored securely and the registry provider failed to ensure all staff had a vetting disclosure in accordance with the National Vetting Bureau Children and Vulnerable Persons Act 2012 and 2016. Other issues included there was no individual resident assessments or care plans for residents who needed support with moving. There was no weekly checks to assess if the fire alarm system was working. Documents were missing and could not be located and records of emergency evacuation drills lacked appropriate detail. Okay, and how did services do with risk management? Risk management is detailed under Regulation 26. Risk management is a core foundation of resident safety in nursing homes. However, in our review, 10 services were assessed against the risk management regulation and 70% of services were deemed not compliant by HICWA. Some of the issues included the risk management policy and procedure did not contain the requirements of the regulations. There was inadequate arrangements to identify, assess, mitigate, monitor and report all risks. And the risk register was not updated and reviewed on a regular basis. So governance and management is another fundamental area for the sustainable delivery of safe, effective, person-centred care. How did providers do under this regulation? Governance and management continue to come up as an issue during HICWA inspections. Although there were no red or high-risk judgments given to Regulation 23, 94% of services were given a judgment of not compliant against this regulation. Inspectors were not satisfied that the governance arrangements were sufficiently robust to ensure that the services provided were safe, appropriate, consistent and effectively monitored. Other issues identified included formal and minuted meetings with management and staff were found to be infrequent, Management roles and responsibilities were not clearly defined. There was inadequate resources provided to ensure the effective delivery of care. And there was also insufficient supervision and oversight by management in the area of infection control practices. We should note that HICWA have previously stated that often many of the failures of care that impact on residents can be traced back to poor governance and a lack of accountability. And can you give us some tips on addressing governance issues within the service? So good governance requires knowledge and oversight of the service. Management need to have knowledge of the requirements, the organisation and the residents' needs. They also need to be aware of risks to the service, the staff and the residents. They need to have a clear vision and a strategic plan for where the organisation is going in the future. Management needs to ensure that there are clear lines of accountability. All staff should have defined roles and responsibilities and be aware of who they are supported by. Communication with residents, their families, staff and regulatory bodies is another key element of good governance. Having proactive teams and committees encourages good communication. Another big trend today is using, using data to monitor and evaluate services. 
Providers should develop key performance indicators for their service so that they can monitor performance and identify any trends or issues that may be occurring. Appropriate data monitoring will drive informed decision making and encourage good quality care. Thanks Doreen for those tips. Just going back to the report, Infection Control has gained much interest since HICWA released their guidance on infection control and community services last year. How are services doing with this regulation? Regulation 27 focuses on infection control. Our review found that 73% of services were not compliant with infection control. In one service, inspectors found that there was an absence of audit of infection prevention and control practices. In another, inspectors did not observe good hand hygiene practices by some staff. Policies and procedures were not consistent and up to date with new standards and registered providers failed to ensure that staff had implemented the recent HICWA national standards for infection prevention and control. In another service, there was no dedicated time allocated to cleaning the residential home and cleaning schedules were not completed. What can providers do to improve compliance with the infection control regulation? I would recommend reviewing in detail HICWA's national standards for infection prevention and control in community services updating all the necessary policies and procedures and communicating and training staff on any changes as soon as possible. And finally, Lorraine, in your review, what were the areas of good practice? The areas where services displayed good practice included Registration Regulation 7, the application by registered providers for the variation or renewal of conditions of registration, Regulation 14, Persons in Charge, Regulation 22, Insurance, Regulation 32, Notification of Absence. Regulation 33, Notification or Procedures and Arrangements for Periods when Person in Charge is Absent from the Designated Centre. And Regulation 20, Information for Residents. Caution should be advised when interpreting these areas of good practice, as not all of the 17 services reviewed were assessed against the regulation. If you would like to read the full report for more substantial detail, it can be downloaded from the HCI website at www.hci.care. If anyone has any queries on what was discussed, please get in touch with HCI on 093 361 26 or by email at info at hci.care. Thanks for listening.